welcome to the Of The Earth Podcast. This is a place where we take time from our busy lives to remember the planet we're living on, the relations that support us, and our sense of belonging as children of this beautiful Earth. I'm your host, Mariana Rittenhouse. Simply put, I'm a woman who sees life where others don't and teach humans to do the same. I do this by leading tea ceremonies, teaching personal tea ritual, and mentoring women in their spiritual reawakening to the earth. I created the Of The Earth podcast to re-inspire your innate connection to Mother Nature, so you can find deeper meaning in life and truly remember why you're here. Because even if you don't believe it, you belong. You really do. Thank you so much for being, and thank you for being here. Let's dig into today's episode. Hello, loves. Welcome to this new episode of Of the Earth podcast. I hope you are all doing superbly today and are excited to jump into some new topics of earth reconnection. I've heard from so many of you that you really enjoyed the last two episodes and the explorations of freedom. And that makes me so happy. I even heard from some of you that you're changing your lives because of it. And that makes me so happy. May we may we all find the freedom that we deserve and that we long for even if it's in the little shifts, right? So, so happy to hear about that. Thank you all for sharing with me. Um, As usual, it's a beautiful sunny day here in Colorado. It's getting hotter each day, I'm not going to lie. But luckily, we have so much rain and so many storms this year that the heat is welcome and well-balanced by the rain, by the waters. I mean, I seriously, I, I barely have to water my garden this year. It's been so wet. Every time I go to water it, just the water's pooling on the surface. And it just feels like such a miracle. This morning, as I was getting ready to record this episode, I was hanging out with the Flicker here in the forest. He's so cute. Flickr has been showing up a lot for me since my birthday, and I've really been enjoying getting to know them better. They're not a bird that that I've, I mean, I know they've been on the front range, but I haven't seen them around my house ever until this year. And one of my girlfriends brought me a Flickr feather for my birthday. And ever since, they're loud, they're here, they're happy. I'm just loving it so much. I don't know if you know what a flicker looks like, but they have such beautiful neon orange on their feathers. And you can't see it when their feathers are closed, but when they fly away, because it's on the underside. And when they fly away, you just see it. It's just a spectacular, yeah, spectacular vision as they fly through the forest. And so been really enjoying them. And yeah, speaking of, this is the first episode I'm recording since my birthday a couple weeks ago. I turned 35 and it was a wonderful initiation into a new cycle of my life. 
honestly, I, I thought that 35 was going to be pretty uninteresting and boring. It's like the middle of your 30s. There's not really any specific landmark happening. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I'm just continuing to live my life right now. But then someone pointed out to me that it's the end of a seven-year cycle. And that got interesting. Seven-year cycles, for those of you who don't know, are astrological resets and can truly catalyze our lives. So maybe you've heard of that before, like a seven-year cycle or that things happen in sevens or that all of our cells, you know, die and reproduce within seven years. So after seven years, you're a totally new person. There's a lot of different ways that we can look at it. Um, But yeah, I find it a really interesting exercise if you look back on your life and ask yourself what was happening when I was seven, when I was 14, when I was 21. Um, were there any things that that are landmarks in those times? And the seven-year cycle before the 35 one is 28. And that's interesting to me. <laughs> There's definitely a landmark for all of us then, because this is the year or the year before our Saturn return begins. So I think for everyone, 35 can be a relief <laughs> because we're exiting the cycle when our lives are really shaken up hardcore by our Saturn returns. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a period based in astrology that happens when you're around 28, 29, 30-ish. Um, and it's when Saturn is back in the same position it was in when you were born. It's really a time of cleaning up shop. It's a time that (laughs) forces you to grow up. And that's a nice way of saying it. I could also say it more like the universe is like, grow the fuck up. (laughs) You know, literally it's, it, it's intense. And, you know, in the last two episodes on freedom, I shared with you all some of the things that happened during my Saturn return. Those were actually all in my Saturn return. And so I kind of call it this complete dismantling of my life. And I, you know, I talked about some of the ways in which I had to shift my perspectives in the world, the way that I thought about things so I could truly start living from a place of inner truth. And that's the kind of thing that our Saturn return asks of us. It asks us to stop relying on our childhood patterns of protection, defense, et cetera, that we don't need anymore. It's a time when we claim our adulthood. And we get to grow through these ways, thank them for being, but leave them behind and step into our power. So you heard me speak a little bit about that too. If you didn't, I highly recommend going back to check those episodes out. But there's, it's that way in which I was like, ah, yes, I understand why I was operating like that in the world because of these things from my childhood. But hey, guess what? I'm not a kid anymore. When am I going to grow up? And so we get through it, but man, it is not easy. Mine sure as hell wasn't. And so leaving that cycle and turning 35 actually felt like a sweet release and a surrender into my next steps and what I want to build and what I want to create, not just how I'm going to survive, which is how I've felt in the past seven years, but really 
getting to test, to like feel the foundation of my life and be like, ooh, this is sturdy. I get to go anywhere from here. Where do I want to go? What do I want to create? And so it feels good. feels good. I'm grateful to life. I'm proud of myself for the work I did during that time. Grateful for all the lessons. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) I'm complete. (laughs) And I'm ready to receive all the goodness that will come of it. So if you've been through your Saturn return, you probably feel me right now. If you have not yet been through your Saturn return, buckle up. And if you're in it, I just want to say I love you. I'm sorry. And it's wonderful on the other side. I promise you got this. So today I wanted to talk about being in these difficult moments. I talked a little bit about last in the last couple episodes about how, like what it was that shifted for me, but I didn't really talk about the how. Like, what do we actually do when things fall apart? Because we all go through these difficult moments. You know, I just mentioned we all go through a Saturn return. So we all go through that. Um, But we've all had times and we'll continue to have more times where it feels like everything's falling apart. Where we're blindsided by life. We're humbled by our humanness. (laughs) And we don't really know where to go. Where do we turn? Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you've gotten divorced or you made a bad investment or... A loved one died unexpectedly, or you've just you have an illness, or someone you love has an illness. These are all kind of normal parts of the modern human experience and happen to people every day. And when I went through it, I felt like everything was happening at the same time you know, health crisis, traumatic breakup, lost my job, lost my income, had just bought a house, you know, the biggest investment in my life, and I no longer knew how I was going to pay for it. And that's a lot. And what do we do? What do we do? How do we get through these times when we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel and realize that we're afraid of the dark? The answer for me is simple, but it's quite complicated to execute because it requires us to excavate and really understand how do I say this, maybe the unreliability of our human society. But for me, the answer is we ask for support and we learn how to receive it. Yeah. Ask for support and learn how to receive it. I'm curious, how did your body feel to hear that? to ask, that you have to ask for support and learn how to receive it, to let yourself be supported, to let go of control and pass the reins to someone else. Do you feel constricted or maybe some fear arose or you have a lump in your chest? Or did you feel relief and surrender? Like, oh. Thank gosh, I don't have to do anything. You know, we all have different relationships with receiving and being supported. 
But I think in general, with the way our modern human society is currently, it's not the easiest thing to expect or to feel safe relying on. You know, there's a lot of expectations of us in this modern world. And the more expectations that are put on us, it feels like the more hyper-independent and individualized we are becoming. So we all have jobs and we all want our jobs to make the most amount of money and we all want to... You know, we all want our own home and we all want our own, like our own this. We don't share things anymore. We have to be able to provide everything for ourselves. And it's a lot. And we expect other people to do it too. And so it can be hard to, for asking for support to not feel like a threat to your survival. For me, asking for support, I would say historically, it's just been the worst. (laughs) I didn't trust it. I didn't need it. And I survived by being a strong, independent woman. I made my own money. I paid the bills. I got shit done. I was the one that supported people and not the other way around. But then what happens when we're not strong enough to support even ourselves? What happens when we no longer have the option to refuse help from others? What happens when we're afraid that no one cares enough about us to help? And these are all things that I really, really felt for me personally in my dismantling um, when we get like really humbled. And we can't do it alone anymore. And we don't have the strength to keep moving forward. And we can get to those points where we ask ourselves, what's the point? And this is it. It's this moment right here. When everything falls apart and we feel like we're all alone, no one cares. And even if they did, they'll never understand. It won't make a difference. When we're in that moment... This is when I say that we have to look at ourselves and say, I'm sorry, my love, but none of that is true. It's in this moment that we need to lovingly call out the socialized pattern that lives within us and that has gone on autopilot. And it's this pattern that, you know, when I say, what we need to do is ask for support and learn how to receive it. It's this pattern, this autopilot that thinks I'm talking about support from humans. That thinks the only support available to us is from humans and found in human society. That human society that kind of created the, the situation we're in in the first place. And no, I'm not talking about humans, but I'm talking about from everyone else. This is the moment when we need to put our hands on our hearts and breathe deeply. Thanking and acknowledging the trees that released oxygen today so that we can fill our lungs up with the air that we need. 
This is the moment when we need to hydrate ourselves and thank the earth for giving the water safe passage to its surface as springs and rivers and lakes so that we we can quench our thirst so that our lives may be quenched as well. This is the moment when we step outside and let the sun shine on our faces, remembering that without this giant fire in space, there would be no life on this planet including the one that we feel is pointless in this moment. You know, it's not our jobs that are giving us life. It's the sun. It's the elements. It's the air. It's the water. It's when we remember that. It's this moment where when we realize that our beliefs have been shaped by a lifetime of living in a human-centric world that is also the cause of our problems and our suffering. But we get to step back into the hole. We get to say, thank you, humanness, but I need a moment to remember that I am nature. I am supported and I am free. And I will no longer turn my back on the billions of blessings that have made my life and my being possible. The truth is that all life is in support of life. There's no species out to get us. They're all in support of us. And it's because there's an implicit understanding in nature. And this understanding is one that only humans have the ability to negate or forget thanks to our rational minds. But the understanding is that we are part of the whole. And we do When we do our part in the whole, we nourish the whole and thus nourish ourselves because we are a part of it. Humans are the only ones that actively decide to not support others. So why do we go to humans first when we need support the most? I mean, thinking that... I'm thinking that humans were going to be the source of healing when things fell apart in my life was silly and actually prolonged my healing process. And it's not that they can't be a part of it or that they're hurtful or out to get me or or anything. It's just that it can be hard for humans to get along sometimes. You know, I'm triggered. They're triggered. I lash out because I'm scared and they lash out because they're worried. It's too much for our systems and we push each other away. We've forgotten how to love each other. We want to be selfish or we've reached our capacity. We're finicky. We're emotional. We love to be in control and we can't be in control. It's all part of the human nature. And honestly, these are all symptoms of what we've forgotten as humanity because the more socialized we've become, the farther away in heart and spirit we've moved from the earth. But what if you anchored your healing, your hope or request for support in something greater than humanity? What if you brought them back to the earth and let the mother take care of you? 
What if you trusted nature and then humans as a part of nature, rather than humans first and nature maybe? In our great remembering that's happening on this planet right now, we must turn to nature for examples of what it means to be a part of the whole. We need those anchors to inspire us to move from independence, this belief that we can do it all on our own and that we have to, back to interdependence. You know, independence is living unsupported, but interdependence is living with nonstop support, unconditional support. And I truly believe that we all need in our lives an anchor that fosters our way back to the earth. A being in which we find a love greater than what we've experienced from humans. A being that we feel more filled up by than when we fill ourselves up in society through consumption or addiction or anything else that's supposed to make us feel good. It's a being that helps us remember how supported we are. Some people find that in the breath. You know, they commit to breathwork practices and deeply feel the web of reciprocity with each breath they take. Knowing that it didn't start with them, it won't end with them, and that it keeps them alive and well. Another one is, you know, our pets. Some people find this in their pets. They feel more seen, loved, and appreciated by this little furry being that lives with them. Or actually, maybe not furry, too. I had a tortoise in my youth. Loved him so much. (laughs) But this being that lives with them, this non-human, and channels unconditional love 24-7. And it's important that this practice or this being or whoever it is, it's really important that it's non-human because we need this anchor to teach us something that doesn't exist in the human society right now. And we're not going to learn it through our minds. We need to learn it viscerally in our bodies. Interdependence isn't something that's known. It's something that's felt. It's like Not known with the mind, it's known with the heart. And it's understood through the survival and thriving of our bodies. And so this being, through a visceral felt sense, is going to teach us about what we're missing. It can't be explained with the mind. It can't be explained with words. It has to be felt. I feel so strongly about this. And so, you know, it can be guided. You know, in my work, I guide people here. It can be guided, but it cannot be taught by a human. Because we're not naturally carrying that imprint. And so for me, I found this teacher and this anchor in drinking tea, in ritual. And I know that it's true for millions of people across the world that tea is the plant that does that. I I truly believe it's a part of her dharma. But, you know, tea is the most drunk beverage and offers people comfort in times of need on the regular. 
there's many cultures that if you're upset, you come in, it's like, ooh, I'm going to make you some tea. That's what's going to make you feel better. Help anchor you. Even if people don't understand that that's what's happening, it's there. I spent the years after my Saturn return mostly alone (laughs) drinking tea. It was all I needed to heal my spirit. And as a medicine and a friend, tea helped me remember that I'm a part of the whole. And thus, that in the grand scheme of things, I was okay. She opened my heart to feel grateful again. I was still bitter about my experiences with humans and in life. But it wasn't all bitterness. There was beauty and love around me, beginning with the big, beautiful tea leaves in my bowl. And when I drank tea, she turned my attention to everything else. To the rest of the whole. She helped me experience the unconditional love of a mother. And in that, helped me forgive my own parents for being human. When my body was weak and my mind was anxious, she grounded me back into the rhythms of nature and helped slow me down and helped me feel the pace of the earth. You know, tea is a tree. And so when I'd sit there drinking trees, I could feel the pace of trees. These trees that can live so much longer than a human can. The oldest tea tree alive is over 3,000 years old. Think about the patience, the wisdom. (laughs) And so such a balm for this fast-moving human. And the truth is that when I was drinking tea, I felt more held, supported, and loved than I did when I was with my friends, family, or community. I'm not saying it's their fault. It's just how I felt. There was no judgment. I got to be a mess. I didn't have to caretake others when I wanted to fall apart. I didn't have to be, know, or do anything that wasn't true for me. I got to be me. And honestly, I don't know if I'd experienced that in life yet. I think it's one of the things that is probably the most healing and mind-boggling for my students is just getting a space to just actually be yourself for a second, like fully, to, to experience that for the first time. It's such a gift. And, you know, even now that I'm not in a healing crisis anymore, I still need all of these reminders and teachings from tea. It doesn't go away. And that's because I'm a human. And I forget. Remembering these truths is a daily practice. And it's the most important of all my practices. Because, again, it's felt here in the body. And I need to keep imprinting in myself these truths in my body. They're what help me want to stay healthy and strong so that I don't find myself in such a low, low again. You know, I know that hard times will come, but they don't have to take me out the way that they did. And this really was the most important thing I needed when everything fell apart. 
I needed to rebuild the soils of my life so I could create something new on a healthy foundation. And to me, a healthy foundation is one that's based in the earth, in the earth-based ways of reciprocity, interdependence, and nourishment of life. It wasn't until I started fully receiving and appreciating all of the support that I already get from nature that I could actually receive from humans. I really needed this imprint from the natural world to break the codependent ties that kept me insecurely attached to the human species. You know, it's like feeling when I would feel that humans are the only solution to my problems. It's, it puts me in a space of control and manipulation and weakness and insecurity. But I needed to break those ties so that I could re-enter human society as a whole and as a whole being and step in ready to support and be supported by other beings in their wholeness, by other humans in their wholeness. Everyone needs to be called back to the earth and to be reminded that they are nature, to be taught that they are nature, to find their anchor, their teacher in the natural world that will help them on this journey to the wholeness of humanity. It's the missing link that is making us suffer so much in our modern human society. You know, humans are more likely the creator of our problems than the solution to them. (laughs) Losing jobs, breakups, bad investments, all those things I talked about at the beginning, they're all issues from society, not from nature. And nature reminds us that it doesn't have to be that way. That we have a bigger family here to support us when we need it and when we're ready. And so for those moments when everything comes tumbling down and we don't know where to turn, the answer is to lay on the earth, take a deep breath, look up at the sun, jump in a river, listen to birdsong, feel the wind on your face. It gets to be that simple and it gets to work that simply. So if this is you, or someone you know, you know, you can send this along to them. But if this is you, you're in one of those moments, I want you to ask yourself, what practice can you bring into your life so that you can receive this imprint of unconditional loving support? How can you spend time outside of our human-centric society and make room for the rest of life? All of that life that's supporting you. How can you spend some time remembering all of the ways in which your being is brought to life by others who are just selflessly giving to you? 
And can you start to invite in the greater perspective of the whole to support you when you're overwhelmed? These are the questions that I want to leave you with today. As you start to think about how being a child of the earth and remembering that can maybe be the most healing insight of all, the most healing perspective of all. So thank you for being here. I'd love to hear from you on Substack. So you can just head over to marianarittenhouse.substack.com and there you can share with me what practices are helping you reconnect to your earth nature. Um, Any questions that come up, any thoughts or reflections. And I have to say, if you're feeling inspired by tea, the next Start Your Own Tea Practice is only a month away. We start in in about five weeks and I'm so, so excited for it. So if you are feeling called to learn from my teacher (laughs) and join a beautiful community of hundreds of people around the world who have been doing this work, you can head over to my website to enroll early and let tea completely transform you and your life for the better. It would be my absolute honor to guide you. All right, loves, that's what I've got for today. Thank you for listening and excited to continue this conversation in the next episode. Sending love. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To stay tuned for future podcasts and new offerings, sign up for my newsletter at marianarittenhouse.com. And if this episode resonated with you, I'd love to hear all about it. You can reach me on Instagram at Mariana de la Tierra. That's of the earth in Spanish. Oh, and if you're ever in Boulder, Colorado, you should definitely join us for tea. My students and I serve tea ceremonies two to three times a week at my home in the mountains, and we'd absolutely love to have you. You can see the schedule and sign up on the ceremony section of my website. I want to give special thanks to our beautiful Earth Mother and all of our relations for constantly inspiring me and this work. This beautiful podcast music was created by Castanea David Brown. As always, thank you for being, and thank you for being here. Until next time.